Welcome to A Fresh Take, where we look at timely and timeless issues through the lens of biblical truth. I'm your host, Mark Pennell, joined each week by Pastor Paul Sartorelli of Trinity Church in Metro, Ohio. This is our chance to take a look at important biblical, cultural, and contemporary topics that resonate for all listeners. Thanks for joining us today. Hi there, I'm Mark Pennell, along with Paul Sartorelli. He's the lead pastor at uh, Trinity and Mentor, and this is a program called A Fresh Take, and we truly take that seriously. We uh, hope that uh, we're giving you a different point of view on what it is to be a Christian and about our Savior and all those neat things that go with Christianity. Yeah, no easy answers, no pat ideas, but just, yeah, a fresh take. Neither Mark nor I grew up in Christian homes. Mm -hmm. And so... Even though we look older, we are a bit. Um, I'm 66 this month. I'm 31. Yeah, and you can tell. <laughs> and Pinocchio, my nose is growing. <laughs> anyway, uh, Christianity, by God's help and many friends, has been coming to us without our parents. And so in some ways, I think the freshness of our take is because of that. Yeah. We're making it up as we go. I mean, with the help of Scripture and the Holy Spirit and his church and all of that. But Mark and I are both, we used to do a radio program with Moody Radio. Um, and it, the trademark was we were we wanted to not give any pat answers. We wanted to not have any formulas, but be as fresh and as... as um, yeah, as unpredictable as we can, because life is unpredictable and you can't put Christ in a box. And that's our show. I hope we're not putting God in a box. But Sometimes you know, we would go to the effort of even tweaking the pink tomato noses of fellow Christians, not to say that we're superior. We weren't doing that. But sometimes I think that we need to be hit down a notch or so yep. because we, we get this pious attitude that just doesn't work. No piety allowed. No, no. Okay, I want to read this. It's a biography of Clive Staples Lewis. What a name. He was born in Belfast on November 29th, 1898. His father was a lawyer. His mother was the daughter of a Church of Ireland priest, and her great-grandfather was a bishop. Hmm. Uh, when he was four, his dog, Jaxie, was killed by a car, so he wanted to be called Jaxie the rest of his life. It was his oh, new name. Oh, interesting. He wanted to be called Clive or... So that's else. why, you know, people called him Jack. I mean, yes. that was his nick. That was his name. The rest of his life. His good friends I and family not. called him Jack. Huh. In college, he threw off his belief in Christianity and went as far as possible, an atheist. Hmm. He was even interested in the occult. His interest included the love of reading, nature, and Norse mythology. Mm. Uh, when he left Ireland for England, he hated it, especially the English accent, <laughs> leading him to want to learn Irish, the Irish language. Oh, wow. He entered Oxford in 1917 and there joined the officer's training corps. Within months, he was on the front of World War I, totally involved in French in, uh, trench warfare. He was wounded. Uh, one of his fellow soldiers was killed from a bomb. And while recuperating, he went into a deep depression. I can only imagine. He was not sent back to fighting. And when he left the military, he went back to school. He got his degree in Greek and Latin literature. Wow. Hmm. While he was, while this was going on, he was later to ask, or say, actually, I think this is a very poignant statement. He was very angry with God for not existing. <laughs> and equally angry with him for creating a world. 
Hmm. For an atheist, that's hmm. that's be, kind of confusing. Yeah, to be angry at something that doesn't exist. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to give that a try. Then he was introduced to the works of George MacDonald, a hmm. Christian minister who uh, also wrote fantasy literature. About this time, he started having arguments with his Oxford friend, J.R.R. Tolkien. Hmm. Tolkien, however you want to pronounce Tolkien. Tolkien. He was a Christian. Uh, Tolkien was. Uh, but with time, he later wrote, he went kicking, struggling, resentful, and darting with eyes in every direction for a chance to escape. He was moving to theism, at least, mm-hmm. away from atheism. And finally, uh, a couple of years later, in 1931, after a long talk with Tolkien, and while on his way to the zoo with his brother, he nice. became a believer. Huh. He officially joined the Church of England uh, in his writings, though he he tried not to get anyone in particular going to the Church of England, just okay. Christ during World War. Now, this is fascinating to me. Remember, in World War One, he's an atheist. He has, yes. he has a lot of pain, a lot of suffering he sees, and he is not going to believe in God. World War Two, he tried to get back into service, but he was 40, year old, 40 years old. They wouldn't let him. Okay. So instead, he found himself useful, useful by broadcasting on the BBC from London while it was under attack by the Germans, often using mere Christianity in his topics. We'll talk about mere Christianity yes. in, in just a moment. From that time, he was asked to become the first president of the Oxford Socratic Club. Hmm. He loved to study Socrates, okay. or maybe the Socratic method of teaching. Okay. Uh, it was a student club, and it, it, uh, he was dedicated to providing an open forum for a discussion of intellectual difficulties connected with religion and with Christian Christianity in particular. Hmm. I'm almost done here, so I'm going to take a full thing. After the war, he met Joy Davidson Gresham. She was a Jewish-American writer and former communist who had also moved from atheism to Christianity. He loved her brain the most. She was diagnosed with a terminal bone cancer, and yet he married her. And then her cancer went into remission for three years. Uh, she died in 1960. When he wrote about his journey with her dying, he wrote, A Grief Observed. Mm-hmm. And it was so upfront about that he used the synonym N.W. Clerk, because he didn't want people to think he was getting that personal. Not to let her really know who it was who had written it. Friends, this, this, sorry to laugh, but I think it's fascinating. Friends, knowing what he was going through, recommended that he read that book. Mm, oh, that's good. <laughs> he continued to raise Joy's two sons. One of them had become a devoted Christian. The other went back Christianity. The other went back to his mother's roots and became an Orthodox Jew. In 1961, he had a blood uh, poisoning and nearly died. Oh, I didn't know that. Two years later, he had a heart attack and nearly died. Then not much later, he suffered uh, from end-stage kidney failure. And just before his 65th birthday in 1963, the same day that John F. Kennedy was assassinated, he died. Hmm. That is C.S. Lewis. And those are C.S. Lewis. Just a few of his books. You know, it's interesting as you read about that, uh, a couple of things come to mind. One is the value of books. Um, we're doing a series on books now in September. George MacDonald, somehow he got a hold of George MacDonald's writings, who was a, a brilliant Christian man. So the value of books and also in, in just in the passing on of faith, the value of friendships. 
So now you have J.R.R. Tolkien, mm-hmm. uh, who, by the way, wrote The Hobbit, who wrote The Lord of the Rings and all that. Uh, Tolkien was a, a Catholic man and yet had a profound uh, faith in Christ. And th- that friendship led him on the the path toward Christianity. And, you know, you and I have talked about the friends in our lives that have introduced us to Christ way back when. Yeah. And the books in our lives that we've read that have changed our hearts and lives yeah. to really important things. Yeah. Um, He's, uh, in my opinion, the most famous uh, Christian of the 20th century. M- most, uh, maybe I could even say the most important because mm-hmm. he brought, I mean, mere Christianity has brought many, many people to, uh, to, to. Yes. Uh, it's okay. So here's this one. I'm, so I'm going to talk about some books that aren't here either. This is mere Christianity and it is exactly what it says it is. It, it, I gave this book to my father too, by the way, okay. shortly before he died. And it was instrumental in him understanding faith. Mere Christianity, like Mark said, basically are lectures that he was reading over the air during the, the, the Blitzkrieg. Um, and they are about mere Christianity. And if you've never read it, don't don't be afraid of Lewis. He's not an easy read, but I mean, come on, stretch your mind. You ought to be able to read it. Um, and you, you said he was, he was not interested in converting anybody to Anglicanism, but simply to Christ. And, and in some ways, mere Christianity is, is mere Christianity. What, what is the basics of Christianity? And it, uh, it's so important today. Uh, here's an analogy that I will use that he uses. I'll, I'll up to date it a bit uh, about what this book is about. And he basically calls the Christian faith, um, a room, uh, an apartment. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the hallway is mere Christianity. Now off the hallway are different particular denominations. So, and they will have more precise beliefs. So one door will lead to Anglicanism. Another door will be the Baptists and another door, the Presbyterians. And over here, you might have Catholics. the charismatics and the Catholics. So those are all the doors, but what they all need to have in common is mere Christianity. You could call it the the Nicene Creed. You could call it any, but it's, these are the basics. These are the essentials of what it means to be a Christian. And I think that's so important because we can get so caught up in our tiny little denominational nuances. And say we're right. Yes. And forget this right here. And, you know, in some ways today, um, the various denominations, for example, the Southern Baptists just had a conference several months ago, their annual meeting, and they were squabbling over all kinds of things regarding whether it's the ordination of women or, um, um, critical race theory or all these other things. And it's like, okay, f- fine. Keep talking about that stuff. But remember why we're here. We're here to believe in, in who God is, who the Trinity is, who Christ is, what Christ has done, and all of those things that he calls mere Christianity. And I think, I think the global church would be a lot better off if everybody read mere Christianity and focused on this, as opposed to all of our tiny little niches and, and, um, cliques and things like that. Mere Christianity. Really important book. Another book that I don't have here that you mentioned that I just want to mention is A Grief Observed. Oh, wow. Um, Have you read it? um, uh, 20 times. Really? It's tiny, tiny, tiny. It's it's a a skinny book. And it basically was um, 
Lewis's journal while Joy, his wife, was suffering through cancer. And then when she died, there are times where you think this guy's losing his faith. Really? It's that honest, but that's why it's so beautiful. It's, it's a fresh take. It's not a pious, godly scholar, um, able to rationalize the issues of pain and death and all of that. This is a, a hurting husband who basically is shaking his fist at God at times saying, this isn't fair. Why is my wife dying of cancer? Um, it's a brilliant book and, um, read it and rent it. Remember years ago, a, a movie came out called Shadowlands mm -hmm. with uh, Anthony Hopkins plays C.S. Lewis. Oh. Uh, you'll cry. You'll really cry. Have you ever seen Shadowlands? No. Oh, my. You need to see it. Really? Deborah Winger plays Joy. Right. Um, oh, by the next time we do a show, you need to have seen that. Oh, I hope. Okay. Uh, it, it is. Hopkins does a beautiful job of playing Lewis. And, um, yeah, Shadowlands, you need to see it too. Um, I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but if it isn't, find it. I saw the version with uh, with uh, Sylvester Stallone. It wasn't quite <laughs> <laughs> joy. <laughs> anyway, great divorce. Do you know great divorce? I, I I've heard of it, didn't read it. I, I I'll be blunt honest with you. I've read. I read screw tapes letters and it had me sweating. I was so hard to read. It mm. really was hard for me. He, he's a great reader. I, oh. I'm dyslexic. So I always kind of threw off a lot of reading and I've now recently been gobbling it all up. And even if I have to read a paragraph three times, I'm going to do it. Cause I okay. love it. But you know, he, you, if I read, um, uh, screw tape letters again. I'd probably get, uh, get it's a good one. So I want to go to, we'll do great divorce in a second. Screw tape letters. I, I must have lent it out or I have it at home. Screw tape letters is one of the cleverest books he ever wrote. And screw tape letters is about how we face temptation. And the way Lewis presents how we face temptation is he has a senior demon screw tape um, writing to his nephew, Wormwood. <laughs> Wormwood is sort of an intern on temptation. And it's his whole job. At the beginning of the book, it's his job to keep the patient, um, who is the human, right. from, from coming to Christ. Right. By the second or third letter, Wormwood's blown it and he's come to Christ. <laughs> so the rest of the correspondence between the uncle and the, and the intern is how to trip this Christian up from being useful in the service of Christ okay. with all kinds of temptations. Right. And you're going to read it and you're going to see yourself in it so many times. Here's one illustration. He, um, instead of letting this new believer find his way into a church mm -hmm. and thereby be taught and grow in fellowship with others, he says, I want you to make him a connoisseur of churches. Okay. so that he can he can visit other churches and see everything that's wrong with them so he won't attach himself to this church or that church because he's looking for the perfect church by being a connoisseur of churches now this is in the 1950s this still happens today 
This happened to me. <laughs> yeah. I'm serious. After I left one church, I kept look going to one and the other and found reasons not to lie. I finally found a place that I can call home, but it took a long time. Yeah. So screw tape letters. So now I realized it was up to, it was Satan's work. It was not your fault. It was his. That's right. So read screw tape letters. It's really good. Great divorce. And I'll be quick now. I'll just name the titles. Great divorce has nothing to do with divorce. It's the great divorce between heaven and hell. And again, it, this is Lewis at his most brilliant. It's here. It, the story is about our lack of contentment and our lack of contentment with what God has to offer. Okay. Right. Now here's the story. You have a group of people in hell right. and they take a bus ride <laughs> to heaven Okay, and they hate it. All of the things in heaven are all of the things they dislike. They don't like any of them. They even get the opportunity if they want. Now, this isn't theologically correct, and he's not trying to be. They could stay. None of them want to stay. Really? Yes. So Which anyway, is this? This, great divorce. I got to get that. Here you go. <laughs> I got it. Thank you. Okay. Just a couple more, and then uh, we're just trying to turn you on to C.S. Lewis. Wait a minute. This book has words in it. Did I write in it? No. It was... Oh. I like colorful pictures. Anyway. Okay. Oh, I get you. See, I, I like it so much, I've got two copies of it. Oh, wow. This one looks prettier. I'll get that one. All right. Okay. Let me give you one more, and then just look up C.S., because we don't want this show to take too long. Um, look up C.S. Lewis, and anything by him is worth reading. Four Loves. Um, the Four Loves is, is one of his less famous works that I love because he takes the four, and you, you could read this, takes the four Greek words for love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love it when you tell these. And he just spells them out. Okay. So he takes storge. Storge is a love that you have for your dog, for your, for cigars. Okay. Uh, he mentions cigars. Uh, Storge is the love that you have in a sense for things. It's a really important love. Then he goes through uh, the verb is phileo or philia is the noun. That's friendship. That's the, that's the love you and I have for each other as friends. Um, and he goes through that. Philadelphia is the, is the city of brotherly love. Adelphos means brother. Um, then he has agape. Agape is unconditional love. That's the, for God so loved the world. That's God's love for us. That's first Corinthians 13. Love is patient. Love is kind. That's the love that that's Christian love that we ought to be expressing. And then he goes, has eros, which is erotic love, the love between two lovers, between a husband and a wife. Which is so um, badly distorted. Now, it really know, is. So four loves. Um, I think we're out of time. But oh, really? Give, give, give me one. Weight of glory is just the weight of glory is in, in many ways is a description of um the Christian life, forgiveness and faith, and all that is um, a spiritual understanding of um, the glory that is the Christian life. So we could do two or three or four uh, more C.S. Lewis programs. We could, and I would love it, and you probably wouldn't, but read the books. I love C.S. Lewis. I love what he might have done for my mother. He changed my life. We we have one more uh, episode about uh, books, and that's coming up. Well, real soon. Yes. Thank you very much for joining us for a fresh take. Bye. Thank you for joining us today for a fresh take. Your support means so much to us as we get this podcast off the ground. So if you enjoyed today's episode, would you please consider leaving a review to help us get the word out to more listeners? 
You can also subscribe to A Fresh Take right now and guarantee that you will never miss a new episode. The video version of this podcast is available on the Trinity Menor YouTube channel or by visiting trinitymenor.com slash learn and grow, where you can also catch up on past episodes of Pastor Paul's video series, Take 5, or read back through his blog, To The Point. A Fresh Take is hosted by Mark Pennell alongside Pastor Paul Sardarelli and is a ministry of Trinity Church in Menor, Ohio. Our musical selections are provided courtesy of Michael Burrett from the Eastman School of Music. Visit trinitymenor.com for more information about Trinity and its ministries. Thank you for listening today. We'll see you next time.